Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this? If so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis, break through all of that, working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in, to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want. They are thrilled with your coaching techniques. They're getting the results they want. You feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want. It's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake-up call. Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am Melissa Dealey, your host, and today I am with the wonderful Vera Thomas. Welcome to the show, Vera. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you here and sharing your health journey story. But before you do that, I just want to introduce you to the audience. Vera is a life coach, international speaker, trainer, mediator, and poet. She's a 20 times best-selling author. That's amazing, Vera. She's also the producer of a weekly podcast radio show, The Vera Thomas Show, on which I've been a guest, and that was fabulous fun. She has worked with individuals, companies, nonprofit organizations, schools, and churches engaging youth and adults. Her current focus and passion is working with parents and children individually and as a family unit. Vera is available for companies who want to transform their teams or families who want to transform their lives. So, so much we can talk about today here, Vera. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. And as we get started, as the focus of the show is 
is health. I know you have had your own health journey, and I would love you to share that story because when others hear it, it will inspire them to share with others who may have similar health stories or for themselves to know that they too can heal. So I'm going to let you dive in and share your amazing story. You know, one of the things like growing up, I really didn't have a lot of confidence and self-esteem. And because of that, I was rather shy and kept things inside. So stress was an issue for me. And I remember at the age of 19, I was on my very first job straight out of high school, my first full-time job. And I was work. I loved my job so much, but there ended up being some issues with other people on the job. And rather than me confront or deal with it, I kept things inside. The last day that I worked on that job, I actually left bent over. I got to my car and was un- unable to drive. I mean, I could drive it, but I literally had to brace my back up against the seat of the car and raise my hips and drive because I was having these spasms in my behind. I get to my house and I literally crawled from my car to the door. My mother at the time took me to the hospital and it turned out I had colitis, which is a nervous condition of your stomach and your intestines. And in my case, it was caused by stress. And I'm just going to stop you there for one second and say, not just your case. In so many cases, our digestive issues and our health issues are triggered by stress. And in fact, research shows that 90% of all doctor's visits are caused by stress and 65% of all dis-ease is caused by stress. So you are not alone and neither are the listeners who are sitting here going, oh my goodness, that might be me. So yeah, keep going. Stress is a problem. Yes. And it's not so much the stress because there's two kinds of stress. There's good stress and there's bad stress. Absolutely. Either one of those stresses can impact on our health, Mm -hmm. depending on how we respond, react and relate to the stress. Yes. So at an early age, I learned that there were things I needed to do to curtail stomach issues. And I have found that when I allow, and let me say allow myself to be controlled by the stressors in my life, I automatically have stomach problems. Mm -hmm. That's where it hits me. Right. I have since this is this is what's exciting because since I have learned <laughs> to deal with my stress, I went to the doctor a couple of years ago and had um, an examination of my stomach. And I think it was an, an M- MRI on my stomach mm-hmm. and all of those issues. They were not even evident. In that, in that scan, I mean, you couldn't even tell. You couldn't even tell that I had stomach problems in the past or intestinal problems in the past. And and many times people say, well, if you if you've all if you've had it, then there's some indication. There's got to be some indication that you've had it. Well, I have no indication of having stomach problems and intestinal 
problems. And it's because I have learned <laughs> how to handle the stressors in my life. I've learned that it's not the situation, but how we see situations that make all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm a living testimony. (laughs) I love that you're a living testimony of that and that you've learned that. And because, as I said, stress is very often an underlying root cause of whatever the dis-ease or the imbalance in the body is. But as you are living testimony of we can learn how to better handle our stresses and move through all of that and allow our body to heal. And as I've said thousands of times over, the body doesn't heal in a stressed out state. No, it doesn't. We have to get out of our stress state in order for the body to heal. So tell me more about what worked for you in terms of learning how to work through your stresses and release them? One, the serenity prayer is very helpful to me. Mm -hmm. Accepting the things I cannot change, changing the things that I can. If I cannot change it, why am I stressed about it? Why am I worried about it? Mm -hmm. It's going to take care of itself or a solution is going to come. If I can change it, then why am I worried about it? Why am I stressed out about it? And I also believe in the power of prayer. I once had a sign on my refrigerator that said, why worry if you're going to pray? Why pray if you're going to worry? So I choose to pray. <laughs> and and the other thing, meditating, mm-hmm. and relaxing my body and breathing Yes. You know, taking those deep breaths and just relaxing the body and also staying away from stressful situations as much as you can, as much as I can. Anything that's going to create, I mean, and particularly people that that I allow to and I say allow because we have that kind of control and we either um, allow ourselves to be caught up in that kind of tension that causes the dis-ease or mm-hmm. we get away from it or we find a way to deal with it if we have no choice but to be in the midst of it, which I also can share how that was a situation as well. Well, I love all of that. I mean, those are very simple things, easy to remember, the serenity prayer and just asking yourself, can I, can I control this? Can I change this? If I can't control it, if I can't change it, I need to let it go. Absolutely. And if I can control it or I can change it, stop worrying and do that. Absolutely. Right. And then prayer. I love the sign that you had on your fridge, right? Yes. Yes. And, you know, not everybody necessarily wants to pray. Some people do. Some people don't. But meditation and going inside is is very similar. And for those that may choose out and choose not to pray, they might choose meditation or people might choose both. But again, it's the slowing down, right? In both cases, the slowing down, the going inside, the coming to the internal awareness that helps us to release the stress. And then of course you mentioned breath, which is one of my favorites because it's completely free as are all the others you've mentioned. And we have it with us all the time. So there's no excuse. We can always breathe. And when yeah. we breathe deeply and I teach five, five, seven breathing. 
so that the exhale is longer than the inhale. And when the exhale is longer than the inhale, we get out of our fight or flight stress state and into our parasympathetic nervous system state. So all of those are really amazing. And then you said you had more. So I would love you to keep sharing. Yes. Both my sisters were diagnosed with cancer at the same time. One was in Ohio and the other was in Kentucky. I was living in Ohio at the time, going back and forth between the two. I moved from Ohio to Kentucky to be closer to my baby sister, who also happened to be in a very toxic environment. And you cannot get well when you're in a toxic environment. You cannot, because that toxic environment is literally triggering the stress. Absolutely. And while there, one of the individuals that created the toxicity came at me verbally, emotionally, physically even. Um, And it was all I could do because I knew I was there to be a light. (laughs) Yes. And to help my sister in in, in the positive ways that I could, I found that I needed to find a way because my stomach start, my stomach problems started happening because of that. Right. Again, I know my triggers. Yes. So what I started doing, because at at that point I was not staying in her home. Right. Once she went into hospice, I did have to go and I lived with her. But prior to that, I would be in my own apartment and go to see her. So what I started doing, and I didn't realize how powerful this was until it actually happened. But I started saying, as soon as I got in my car, I would start saying, peace, be still, peace, be still. And I would say that out loud from the time I got in my car until I got to the door of her house. Right. So it was like a little mantra for you. Yes. And how long was that drive? About 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. About 15, yeah, 15 to 20 minutes. And when I got the first time I recognized the impact of that is as soon as I walked in the door, this person came at me, you know, just, just started at me. And I did not. react. Mm -hmm. I was calm. And, and of course, it takes two to argue. And you cannot I mean, if a person is coming at you, and you're just quiet, Mm -hmm. you don't say anything. Mm -hmm. They can't help but shut up. (laughs) (laughs) True enough. Which he realized that it wasn't impacting on me like it was before. Right. And even my sister, my sister saw it. And she said, I saw what was happening. I saw that. But for me to be able to remain calm in the midst of that, it was amazing to me. It's amazing. It is amazing the power that our words have and our mindset and how that shifts the frequency that we're at. And when we lift our frequency, that also impacts the frequency of those around us. Right. And as you said, 
you weren't arguing. So he was quiet, but your sister saw that. And I'm interested to know over time, did he stop coming at you as a result as well? He, he realized it wasn't working. Right. So he would continue to try, but eventually, because I mean, I was there for seven months with my sister. Okay. And so eventually he realized that it wasn't working. And I I kept saying to him, look, we can't have this kind of contention around her. Mm -hmm. We can't do that. And, you know, and so eventually he got the message. That's awesome. I love it. And so by you just intuitively calming yourself, and taking you yourself to a place of peace before you went into the house, you shifted how you responded, but also shifted how the other person was behaving over time. Over right? time. As you raised your frequency and changed the energy and then insisted upon healing energy in the house for your sister, which is wonderful. Yes. 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 And one thing we have to recognize, and this may be what I should say at the end, but one thing we need to recognize is we don't have control over how other people are. We don't have control over how they relate, react, or respond. Correct. The only thing we have control over and need to take responsibility for are ourselves. Yes. I love it. Beautiful words of wisdom that I share all the time. Because sometimes we do get caught up in what other people are doing. And when we step away from that and we just look at the choice that we have, which is how do I react, respond, behave in this moment? We are also releasing a lot of stress at that point. Absolutely. And the other thing that's so fascinating is the unconscious mind likes to take everything personally, right? And so we're kind of programmed to take things personally, but we really shouldn't because it's never about us. Right. Always about the other person. They are in their mind, in their world, reacting to whatever's triggered them and throwing it at you. And all of that is only about them and where they're at. Absolutely. And we need to recognize that. Yes. I think if we in society recognize that, one, all this bullying and stuff that's yes. going on, especially like the cyber bullying and all this hate that people are are experiencing. If we individually recognize when that stuff happens and it's directed at us, we don't have we need to take back our power mm-hmm. and recognize it's not us. Exactly. It's not. It's about them and where they're at and what's going on in their life. And recognizing that hurt people hurt people. Yes. So people that are throwing that stuff out at other people, they're hurting. Yes. And therefore, they feel like they need to hurt other people through their words and their actions and their deeds. But we do not have to allow that to overtake us. We do not have to, like you said, we don't have to take that stuff personal. Exactly. And we become healthier as a result of not taking it personally, because when we take all of that in, 
it actually starts to change our physiology. If we take all of those emotions in and we don't process them. And as you were talking about at the very beginning of the show, when you were a young child, you had a lot, you had this stress, you didn't know how to process it. So you just shove it all down. Right. And that's what society's taught us to do. Don't feel your emotions. Don't bring your emotions to work. Big girls don't cry. Boys don't cry. All of these things were taught by society. And so we're taught to shove down all of our emotions. Yeah. And it's such a, mis- a misnomer, such a misnomer. It absolutely and- is because they, our cells store all of that. They become toxic over time. Sometimes the emotions build up and they want to overflow, which is where, you know, rage can come out or where hurt people hurt other people because they have to release it somehow. Right. 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 And instead, when we learn to, allow that emotion to flow through us and out of us. The emotion is actually a chemical reaction and it only lasts 90 seconds. I didn't know that. (laughs) And we're so uncomfortable with feeling some of those negative emotions and we label them as bad, et cetera, as opposed to recognizing it's just our body talking to us. If we're angry about something, what can we do about it? Can we turn that anger into passion to create the change, right? Absolutely. And so allowing us to feel that emotion, allow it to move through our body. And if it feels hard or we don't like it in the moment, instead of squashing it down, breathe. Breathe. And And our breath helps us through, right? Yes. And And acknowledge it. Sorry? And acknowledge it. And acknowledge it. Exactly. Acknowledge what you're feeling and then do the breathing tone it down because even where where parents are concerned with children and and lashing out at them yelling at them we can and yelling can cause such a traumatic experience exactly. for a child yes people don't realize and one of the things i say is think about how you feel when someone yells at you mm-hmm. and then amplify it with a child Right. You know, and so parents, we can recognize when we're getting revved up and we're beginning to feel all that stuff inside of us. We can calm ourselves. Yes. And if we can't do it right in the moment, then tell the child to go to their room and you relax and take a minute and calm yourself and then come and deal with the issue. Or you go to your room and tell your child you need a timeout. Because you just need to breathe. Yes, yes. Right? Absolutely. You just need that little separation. Absolutely. It's always helpful when those emotions are coming up, that 90 seconds, you just take that time, have that separation to allow it to process in your body. So, so much wisdom coming out here. I love it, Vera. And I also love what you said to, not that it happened, but I just love that your awareness that when you were triggered, it started causing your stomach troubles again, right? Your stomach troubles have been fine until your stress level got to a certain point. And then again, it's your body going, I can't do this. I can't do this. You're in this chronic stress state and you're trying to put food in. You're asking me to digest that food, but there's no stomach acid happening. There's no, no, no digestive enzymes because your digestion system is not turned on. You are such a state of stress. Yeah. So that, is part of, I presume, you recognizing that and going, there's got to be another way. Yes. And intuitively coming to the peace, be still. Yes. Mantra. Yes. yes. I mean, I've been. I love it. Yes. Because I've been diagnosed with IBS. Mm-hmm. I've been diagnosed with um, colitis, ulcerated colitis. Mm-hmm. 
and all these stomach problems. And just think, no indication of any of that stuff at this point in time in my life. It's amazing. And so it works, people. It really works. When we get out of the stress state, we can heal. And for some of the time, and I don't know if you did this or not, but when I work with clients, part of getting them out of the stress state is removing toxins from the body because they cause stress and then removing foods that are typically inflammatory foods or that cause stress on the body. You know, the dairy, the gluten, the sugar, right? And a lot of people don't want to give those up. We're not giving them up forever. We're just removing them because this is a really easy way to start to lower stress on the body so the body can heal. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there's a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. Yes. Now I will say, now I do have some toxicity in my Mm -hmm. body. However, I do watch what I eat. I do not eat a lot of fried foods Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. I have eliminated white sugar. Mm -hmm. Good. Except for what may be in processed foods, which I try not to deal with either. Right. But I have no white sugar in my home at all. Um, I've, I've resorted to either raw sugar or honey. Right. And uh, and so being able to watch my diet, I love I love salmon. I mean, I can eat salmon every day <laughs> uh, and, you know, and beans and nuts. I love nuts and salads. I could eat salads every day, you know, and so I really want I have really watched my diet and, right. and, and I'm very cognizant of. And I'm and I'm also lactose intolerant, so you I don't drink, do much dairy. I yeah. drink almond milk, right? And so it's a combination of addressing the stress, recognizing it, and then also addressing your diet. And really, those are the two key things when it comes to healing our gut. Another factor there that I don't know if you incorporated or not is sleep. Because if we don't get enough sleep, it can cause an imbalance in our gut. And some people are like, oh, I'm fine on five hours of sleep a night. Well, you might be fine right now, but it might catch up with you 10 years from now. Whereas if you're always in that seven to nine window of sleep, then you're giving your body every day what it needs. And there's no wake up call later on. Well, you know, that's something that that's now that's an issue also. And the thing is, I'll be 70 this year. I love that. And who would know? I mean, your energy that we can hear, you know, for those that are listening, we can hear it in your voice, your excitement. If people are watching this on YouTube, just looking at you, I have no idea that you were turning 70 this year. So you look yes. amazing. I'm not on any medications. Woo-hoo! That I puts you in the top 1%. You know, I mean, first of all, when you think about all these medica- medicines that people are taking, and you're taking it for one thing, but it's messing up something else. So and true. even when I've gone to my doctor and she suggested, for example, I was borderline high blood pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And my first question to her was, well, what can I do naturally mm-hmm. so that I'm not on medication? 
Right. And she's, you know, she's from India. And one of the things that she said is a staple in their diets is turmeric. Mm-hmm. And so I started using that. And now my my blood pressure is great. Um, she there was concern about the cholesterol. Well, changing my diet and eating Cheerios. <laughs> or no longer eating Cheerios. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have any of those health issues, none of them. And so I feel really fortunate, you know, that I, I'm not, I'm, I don't have stomach problems anymore. And, and I don't have, I'm not on any medications and I am so grateful. And I, as you already know, I do have arthritic knees and that's from having fallen on them on concrete years ago. And, and now it's just with age, They've gotten worse, but you're getting ready to help me with that. <laughs> I'm getting ready to help you with that. Absolutely. And I love, you know, where you're at. No medications. You've come through health issues and you still even have a cancer story to share your own cancer story. Do you? Or is it your sister? Both it, your sisters. It was both story. my sisters. Okay. So you had colitis. And, they both had cancer. Right. And you avoided the cancer that you might have been genetically predisposed to. Yes. The choice was. You made. Right. And because my mother, she died at the age of 43 from cancer. Oh, that's terrible. Both my sisters died before they saw the age of 60. Wow. And I had a niece right after my baby sister passed. My niece, who was 38, she also died from cancer. I am the matriarch Mm -hmm. of my family. But also... Another contributor, like both my sisters, they worried about everything and everybody. And they, they, it was like they were, you know, bearing the weight of the world on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And when you are worried all the time, constantly, or in toxic, toxic environments, you cannot get well. Yes. You cannot be whole. And so, we need to really recognize those things. And I remember one day, the two, the three of us, we were on a three-way phone call. This was before I had moved. And this was before they were both diagnosed. And we were sitting. And I remember both of them almost simultaneously, they said, why can't we be more like Vera? She doesn't worry about anything. And I said, well, first of all, we all grew up with the spiritual base. You know, and so if you're going to, and again, the refrigerator thing, you know, if you're going to pray, why worry, you know, and then the serenity prayer. And I just tried to really get them to understand we, if we can't change it and we can't worry about other people. And it's not that we're not caring or concerned about them, but we can't carry how they're feeling. We can't, it's not ours. That's not our cross to bear, you know? And we can't take on that stress. You're absolutely right. And you're the testament here to prove that it's true, as well as the proof of epigenetics that you have the same genes as your sisters and, you know, some of your moms, right? And your niece too. And they all passed very early, tragically. And I'm sorry for all that loss you've had in your life. Thank you. Thank you. But you've chosen to do things differently. You know, you learn not to worry. You learn to let things go. You would say the serenity prayer for yourself. You would pray, not worry. And you learn to breathe. And you also learn the power of 
just a mantra and changing your own mindset and frequency through that. Yes. And also looking after your nutrition because of your colitis, all of those things add up to the lifestyle factors that meant that your switch to turn on that dis-ease never got turned on. Because it was turned on, that, but I was able to turn it off. <laughs> okay. It was turned on a little bit. I meant the cancer switch, but the, oh, you, got okay, the colli- right. you got colitis. And then that is a blessing, in fact, because that taught you all of this. If you hadn't had the colitis, you may not have learned all of this. That's very right? true. That's very true. Yeah, I love all that you've shared. And thank you for sharing all of that. And I hope it's helpful to the audience. Just so you know, there's so much that you can do yourself. And again, if you know someone struggling with their health, share this episode with them so that all they need to know is one other person healed. And they can latch onto that. And that hope is powerful. Yes, and it is my hope, my hope, that someone is watching or listening to this and recognize, well, if she can do it, I can do it too. And you can. Exactly. Let go, let go, let go. Let go of all negativity as much as you possibly can. Negativity is a weight. It weighs us down. It does. And even though you may not see it now, Whatever dis-ease you're struggling with, actually, when you look back with 2020 hindsight, there is always a silver lining, just like we just pointed out for you. You may not see it now, but trust in that. It's here for a reason. It's for you to learn something. And when you learn it, you move through it. Through it. Right. Exactly. Through it. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing all of this. I love it. And I would also, I'd like to switch gears a little bit now and talk about your work with families and children, because of course, parents have a big influence on their children. And, you know, part of my mission is, you know, I work with the adults and I want them to take the information that they're learning from me in regards to how their body works and how interconnected we are and their nutrition and all of these lifestyle factors that they can then use to avoid dis-ease, right? And share that with their children. Absolutely. And and you do this not from a health perspective, but from a confidence perspective. And of course, it's very, very important for our kids to have that confidence. So I'd love you to just share a little bit about how you work with families and kids and this all important work. Well, in starting in 2004, I had developed a program for kids that was in the school systems. It was an eight week after school program called Poetry and My Vision. And that was where kids could express how they felt about things that was going on in their lives, either through poetry, short stories, songs, or rap. I also taught them presentation skills and they did vision boards. I have since developed several other programs, one for building confidence called My Greatness, one, an anti-bullying program called Using My Power, and an all-school assembly called I Believe in Me. But what I found is I'm trying to instill greatness in these kids and being with them for like eight weeks, they're coming back and sharing things that are going on in their home. And I'm recognizing they're not 
the the things I'm trying to instill in them is not sustainable because they're going home to parents that are not doing the same. And that's because oftentimes parents have their own unresolved issues that they're not addressing that's impacting on their kids. You can't teach what you don't know. You can't give what you don't have. Absolutely. I've since developed a program for parents called Instilling Greatness in Myself and My Children. And so those are the things that I'm doing. And I'm so passionate about it because growing up being told things like you're stupid, you're dumb, you're fat, you're ugly, you're nothing, you'll never be anything. Hearing those things and knowing the impact that it had on my life, which also caused some of the stress. Yes. I don't want any child to ever feel that way if they're told those things. I don't want any parent to feel that that's the only way to communicate with their child. Yes, that those are the only words that you can use. Absolutely. So that's why I do this work. And I mean, I just, being able to see lives transformed, seeing families transformed, seeing kids happier and feeling confident and walking into the into my class my greatness my greatness you know that mean that's just so rewarding it uh, yeah it is and i can see and feel your passion and i absolutely love this work because it is so so important so in my work one of the things i'm working with the unconscious mind all the time and one of the things is that when we are in the age of zero to six The unconscious mind is like the hardware of a computer. And through that time period, we're just downloading all the software, download, 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 right? And it's just taking it all in without judgment so that we can learn how to live in a family and be part of society, right? Yes. And yet some of what we're downloading is very negative. Yes. And it gets stored there in our unconscious mind and we're not consciously aware of it. And then here we get into adulthood and we're stuck and we're happy and we can't move forward. And so with my timeline therapy work, I can go in and we can, you know, rewire the brain and we can release what's no longer serving and let go of all of those emotions that we've stuffed down, et cetera. And so there's so much need for that work right now. But what you're doing is you're helping make sure that the download is clean and positive and that at that age, they understand that they don't have to take on that negativity. I love that. I love that. It not only we're talking even before a child is born. Yes. Even before a child is born. And, you know, when I was pregnant with my son, I, Phil Donahue had a show and there was this Japanese lady that talked about the impact of classical and Baroque music. Mm -hmm. So I started playing it on my stomach before my son was even born. Yes, And I had already determined that I would never, ever say negative things to my son about him. Mm-hmm. I learned to address the behavior yes. and not attack him as a, ch- you know, him as a person. Right. And so coupled with what I did prior to him being born to the point where when he was old enough to actually change the station on, on the radio, he would automatically change it to a classical music station automatically 
And also his development was quick. I mean, he was walking before between six and seven months. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. you know, speaking clearly in sentences before he was two, you know, and so and then, you know, and then me building and building that confidence and self-esteem in him. And I can honestly say my son is one of the most positive people you will ever meet. He's for he'll be 40 this month. <laughs> But he is he is so positive. He sometimes has to remind me. Right. <laughs> Mom, you know. Yeah. I love all of that. And I know all of that research too. And kudos to you for putting that into play and then seeing the results of it in your son, who's now 40. So this was available 40 plus years ago. Yes. And yet yes. it's not not everyone's doing it today and it's not taught either through our public health care system and you know you go to your pregnancy classes or you see your doctor when you find out you're pregnant and this information doesn't get passed down and it and needs to it needs to be and so that's why i love this work that you're doing and sharing you know through the school system and through i think there's some summer camps too that you run etc um to you know help kids and parents because you're changing our next generation Yes. And I love that because our next generation will be happier, more confident and able to achieve every success they want without being held back by the limitations of what's in their unconscious mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Love it. Thank you. Well, thank such you. important work. So thank you for coming here and sharing all of your wisdom today, Vera. I love to ask my guests. What does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? Don't wait until you're sick. <laughs> don't wait until you feel like there's nothing you can do. Recognize that each day, take each day and live it as though it's your last. Take each moment and embrace it and love it and love yourself. You can't love anything or anyone else if you don't love yourself and know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and know that you have control. You have control. You have control over what you say. You have control over how you relate, react, and respond. You have control over how you raise your children. I love it. So well said. And so... I'm sure after li listening to this episode, people are like, I want to work with her. I want my children to be in her programs. How can people get hold of you? And are your programs only in person or do you also have programs where you work with people over Zoom? Both. Good. Awesome. Both. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I just did a program with parents in a school district in San Jose, California. And it was a Zoom. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll go anywhere or I'll do a Zoom. <laughs> yes. And you can reach me if you go to um, bit.ly forward slash Vera Thomas. Everything you want to know about me is there. My social media to connect with my um, pod video podcast show, to consult with me if you want a 30-minute free consultation, that's in that link as well. 
There's also a download, Children Are People Too, is a poem that I wrote actually when my son was six years old. And I wrote it as a reminder to me as how I need to be as a mother. And I share it with parents and teachers and it's free. You can get it, you can download it from that link that I just shared. I love it. Thank you so, so much. And I'm putting all of that in the show notes so people can easily access it. And I'm looking forward to reading that poem too. And I might be sharing it with a bunch of people as well, because such a great reminder, children are people too. Yes. Gone are the days of children should be seen and not heard. Absolutely. That's a little bit of what I grew up in, not with my parents, but my father's parents, my father's mother specifically used to say that to us. And I remember the first time I heard it, I, well, I may not even be the first time I heard it, but the first time that I questioned it, I was probably about seven or eight. And I looked at my mom and I went, what, what do you mean we should be seen and not heard? That makes no sense. <laughs> right, right. I can just see you as a seven-year-old say, <laughs> saying that. Absolutely. But I still heard it over and over again when we would go to visit. There was a time of day when she was done with the kids. And at that point, we should be seen and not heard. We couldn't open our mouths or we had to leave the room. And, you know, that is not how we build confidence and respect. No, it's not. In it's children. not. children want to be heard. Children want to be communicated with. Children want you to ask them questions so that they can tell you how they really feel. <laughs> and so I grew up hearing that stuff too, or stay in a child's place and those right. kinds of things, you know? Um, so yes, children, you need to treat, they're just little people that need, you know, I love working with younger, with little kids because some of and that show, kids say the darndest things, it's yes. true. It is it's true. They, I mean, oh my God, I, rem- <laughs> I know we got to go, but I remember um, being a single mom and really on a very tight budget at that time, well, even now, but being on a tight budget and I had cooked um, beefaroni. Okay. I had cooked this and um, we ate it for a few days <laughs> and this, I, finally, after about three days, my son, he looked up at me and he's like, Mom, I'm tired of this. (laughs) He was only about three years old. And I was like, just one more day. (laughs) Just even one more day. Yeah. But but he felt out of the mouths of babes. Absolutely. And he felt comfortable enough to say exactly what was on his mind. And kids do that. And you need to listen to them because a lot of times, Wisdom comes out of little kids' mouths. You Absolutely. Know? So you listen. Listen to your children. Hear what they have to say. Communicate with them. Talk with them, not at them. Yes. I love it. And I normally ask for a tip at the end of the show, but I think you just said it. <laughs> with them, not at them. Yes. Yes. Thank you so, so much, Vera, for coming on the show, sharing your health journey, giving hope and inspiration to others, and then also sharing your wisdom around communicating with kids, because many of the listeners are parents. And if they aren't parents themselves, they know people who are. And such great information here. And I encourage everyone to go to your website. It's in the show notes and download Children Are People Too and share that with 
the people in your children's lives. Absolutely. Please do. Please do. Listen, Melissa, thank you so much for having me here. This has been such a joy to be on your show. Thank you so much. You are most welcome. It has been a lot of fun. And to all of my audience, I hope you love this show as we had two completely different topics, but they all tie together. (laughs) And I hope everybody got something out of today's show. And please share it with others that you know need to hear it. Thank you for tuning in each and every week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.